This program is brought to you by the Gin Society, www.ginsociety.com. Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm Shane Lee, your host. Today on the show, Sam Kekovich, Australian media personality, sports commentator, currently an Anzac Day ambassador and former AFL footballer, best known for his Australia Day lamb ads. And Carl Stefanovi, Australian television presenter. He's been getting up for the last 14 years at 4am to host the Today Show on Channel 9. He's been a 60 Minutes reporter. He's won both a gold and silver Logie. He's also a sports nut. Let's get started. Sam, you there, mate? Yeah, you got you now, mate. Got Carl Stefanovic on the line too, Sam. We've got a problem at Houston, but we've resolved it. Massive fan of Sam Kekovic. Very good, boys. Hey, I really appreciate both of you doing this. I'd go anywhere with Sam Kekovic. Did you, Carl? Yeah, how are you, Sammy? Oh, God, talk about undulations. <laughs> I know. God, talk about a rocky road to the mountaintop. I know, but boy, oh boy, once you get oh, to the top. Oh, God, what a recovery. They got you to base camp for a while, but you managed to sort of, yeah. you know, Absolutely, I guess sanctioned. Well, you know what they say, the wind blows hardest at the top of the mountain, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, they put big weights on good horses. <laughs> and, it's always, and as you know, Carl, in our life, you know, like the one denominator we all share, you know, we've been lofty achievers. Yeah. But it's always better to light the candle and curse the darkness. I love that. I love that. I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, we'll, we'll kick off. Firstly, welcome to the show, Sam Kekovich, Australian media personality, sports commentator, the current Anzac Day ambassador and former AFL footballer, and best known for his Australia Day lamb ads and pushing the price of lamb ads so I can't afford it anymore. Welcome, ah. Sam. Oh, what, <laughs> what a flattering introduction. What a dichotomy. Hey, <laughs> about a game of two halves. There's a bit of a rap there, and then all of a sudden they're whacking the guts for the price of land. Oh, you're a good yeah. man, mate. You're a good man. And Carl Stefanovic, Australian television presenter. Um, I think you've been getting up for 14 years now, mate, at 4 a.m. to host the Today Show on Channel 9. You're a 60 Minutes reporter, and you're a gold and silver Logie winner, mate, and you're a sports nut. So welcome, Carl. Thank you very much for that. Um, well, it's been a long time since I worked 14 years straight, let me tell you, that year off last year. But I'll take it. I'm going to take it. 15 years straight in this job, almost as long as Sam did the ads for. And might I say that I've missed him. I've missed Sam Kekovic and I've missed you, Shani, in the backyard cricket games. Thank you, mate. And, and how are you going, Sam, with this bloody isolation stuff going on? Well, I've got to tell you, it hasn't been too bad. I've had a breath of fresh air to me. You know, I've been on a... Uh had a particularly busy schedule, and like Carl, I was—I didn't have an enforced gap year, but uh, you know, my home life's been reasonably okay without being boastful. But uh, we've had our little, you know, spats every now and again. My wife, the other day, as a matter of fact, after I think it was about twenty-one days straight, things were going along rosy. Then we had the in- inevitable, I guess, it was looming. I could just see the black clouds, you know, approaching the Nimbus clouds, and I. It was the inevitable spat, and I just said to him, I, I finally snapped. I said, why don't you go and confront all your mistakes? <laughs> so she gave me a big hug. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's better look. I, the dogs are hiding from me because I, I take it for a walk every five minutes. They've told me to piss off, but uh, apart from that, no, life's okay. Good man, mate. And Carlos, how are you going, buddy? With um, you got a new one on the way, I believe. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks of pregnancy, um, 
yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to me at the start of the year when I got pregnant, <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as evidenced by those pap shots when I came wading out of the water. I felt like I looked like Daniel Craig from Bond and, uh, and clearly, didn't. no, no, we've got another week or so to go. And um, look, I, I, we're really looking forward to it. It's been a bit of a strange time. You know, we can't obviously have the same number of people come and see us in the hospital. And, sure. um, you know, we've got lots of the families all down here waiting all in quarantine in different parts of the house. Which can be all right with the, with the mother-in-law, if you know what I mean. Gosh, I just I just got to say it under my breath. Um, but everyone's <laughs> everyone's very excited. No, it's, uh, it's going to be terrific. Eventually, I will come out of all this, and um, there'll be great celebrations in this house. But it's been it's been a very strange time in the media, strange time in the job, and I sure. think a strange time for everyone. It is, and Carlos, I reckon you've copped an unfair blast in the media in, in sort of the last year and a bit. As a journalist, mate, has your opinion changed of the media? <laughs> yeah, I can't stand the bloody media. I mean, what a what a breed of low life, <laughs> mate. It is, you know what it is, Shane. You can't. I won't sit here and complain about it because I've had a great career as far as I'm concerned, and I've sure. loved every minute of it. And I think that you know there there are people in the who who I've um, you know, I've hit pretty hard over the years, not over yep. a sustained period, but people who deserve it. And I think it's part of the game. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell you that I'm, you know, I'm curled up in the corner. There have been times when, you know, the paparazzi get you, gets you when they're, when they're in the shower with you in the, in the, in the wee small hours of the morning, taking, taking terrible shots, you coming out of the surf and all that sort of stuff. But I, I think that side of things is hard, but, but otherwise it's still a great business and, and I love the media. And Sam, Recently doing stuff for Anzac Day, mate. That's a, a really important day in, in my eyes. How, how important is Anzac Day to yourself, mate? Oh, look, I think being Australian, I think moments like Anzac Day just gives you a moment to reflect and just uh, yeah. consider how fortunate we really are in this country. Mm. When you look at the, uh, you know, you look at the broader picture from afar, you realise that uh, what a privilege it is to live in such a democracy and the freedoms that we have. And sure. we attribute that to the, you know, we lost 80,000 in Gallipoli and the Somme and the Western Front for the privileges of uh, what we're doing and uh, to pay homage to those that have passed and served, you know, is the least thing that we, we can do. But it is also such a, just like a, uh, it is such a unifying uh, catalyst that brings us all together regardless of our colour, cult or creed or our differences for that, for that moment in time. Mm. You realise what's important in life. And, uh, you know, it's great to see how it's gleaned a lot of traction over the years because there was a period, you know, a decade or so ago where it was losing a bit of its uh, luster. But in contemporary times, when you see the young ones on the dawn service marching with their grandparents and, you know, with their medals, it really does, uh, you know, get the message across. And it's just a uh, fantastic thing that it has. Uh, got the status and the profile that it so richly deserves. I agree. And Carlos, what's your take on Anzac Day? How do you celebrate? I, I think um, it's such an important day, and, and I echo what Sam said there. And I, I've had the privilege of being over at Villa Bretonneur um, on the Western Front there, uh, mm. a township that was that was saved by the Aussies in the First World War, and they were pushed back all the way to Army End and then pushed, they pushed the Germans back out of that town. And, and at the museum there a couple of years ago, I went uh, there and did the Today Show there, and there's a museum there that um, that accurately reflects what it was like for the Aussie soldiers, and, and you read all these accounts of they could hear yeah. in the township the Aussies coming out of, of of where they were hiding and running at the Germans full tilt, 
straight into machine gun fire. You could hear the blood curling screams from these Aussies so far from home. The same with Gallipoli, um, the same later now with, with Afghanistan. Wherever our serving men and women are, that's the heart and that's the soul of Australia. And I think it's the most important day of the year by, by a country mile. Um, and I think it made even more important this year when everyone did what they could, you know, going out and onto their driveways and, and doing whatever they could to, to honour our diggers, um, and especially given how tough this year was. And I think that, you know, our frontline health workers have really been in the firing line this year from, from the bushfires through the COVID-19. And I think mm. it just gave me even more pause to reflect on those who, who serve in this country. And I thought it was even more special this year. So it's, it's, a, it's a terrific day to be an Australian, I reckon. Oh, well said. Now, Sam, my in-laws, my, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are all diehard North Melbourne supporters, mate, so they've been oh, pretty no. miserable the last few years. But what, what was it like winning their first flag in 1975, Sam? Well, might I first direct uh, my response to your initial statement when you said your father and mother-in-law, well, they're fine judges. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was a wonderful period of time, you know, the 70s, uh, you know, it was under the tutelage of the great Ronald Dale Barassi. Yeah. Of course, he's a, an iconic figure in this country, apart from his sporting prowess. And uh, North <laughs> Melbourne was a fledgling club when I first got there a year, about a decade or so ago. It was sort of, you know, lamenting at the bottom of the ladder. So it was almost, uh, you know, a, a nondescript. But we rose to the ranks of where we were and we became really, we became innovators in Hollywood and there was a place to be. It was a glamorous time. And the fanfare and all the all the little trinkets that go with it, and then when we won our first ever premiership since our inception in 1925, so it's taken us mm. 50 years. So and there were very few little trinkets in the uh, cabinet, and then uh, then to finally experience the pinnacle of success under the great man, and you got to understand. I don't know uh, where legend has it, but uh, the great man was a terrifying figure. I mean, we were just obsequious sycophants. I know we've built enormous reputations in our own lifetime, but we're going to attribute all that to the great man himself. And uh, those are fond memories of uh, that will always, you know, remain with us, no matter the years have gone on. But the 20 players, I always remember the prophetic words of the great Alan Killigrew, who was a former mentor at North Melbourne, emblazoned on the walls of the social club in our, in our, uh, in our restaurant were the words that the 20 players that bring home North Melbourne's first ever premiership will gain football immortality. Mm. Now, someone like me, when I initially arrived, that meant absolutely nothing. But, of course, as the years wore on and actually we achieved the pinnacle, it means a heck of a lot in those 20 players. There's 19 of us left. Uh, it really does mean that the bonds that are forged through that, uh, through that victory are fantastic. And it's very few things in this life in our Western world and you know that money is the bane of the Western society, but there's very yes. few things that money can't buy. One of the things that they can't buy are the bonds that are forged through, you know, tears, hard work and sweat. And this is one of them. And uh, they are very, very special moments in time. So, yeah, they're fun memories, but we do move on. Amazing. You mentioned money there, Sam. Like, um, what's the story when you're playing at Arden Street, they would carry a blanket round and then supporters would throw money into the blanket for the club? And as the story goes, I don't know whether it's true or not, but there was an, an elephant from the local circus and the zookeeper was helping carry the blanket around one day and he lost control of the elephant. Can you tell that story? 
Uh, I could, but what, what the purpose of it is to humble me or to just uh, realise just how bereft of any resource we were at the club at the time. No, we were fairly innovative at those times and uh, we would pull all these sort of stunts on to, uh, you know, be part of the entertainment scene. Well, as you can see, we were the forefathers of it. We're at the vanguard of entertainment, which sure. it is at this point in time. So, yes, unfortunately, we got the elephant to the ground and, of course, what hasn't been well documented is the fact the elephant ran rampant. <laughs> and I think the crowd at the time was about 7,000. And if the elephant hadn't been hauled in line by the mahout, which you wouldn't know what that is, but that's the carer, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, there would have been about 1,500 left, I reckon. <laughs> but that, that was one of the things. And uh, money was never at the forefront of our association. We played for the... Well, we say for the, for the Guernsey, in which we did, because we never knew any better. And I'm not to suggest that the contemporaries who are getting a, uh, you know, salacious wage packets, that we're uh, bitter about it. Good luck to them. If we had the opportunities, I'm sure that we would have put our snouts in the trough as well. But uh, no, we enjoyed it for the reasons, you know, for the times that they were. It was fantastic. And, and Carlos, um, like today you could never walk an elephant around a, a, a sporting field. OHS gone mad and, and political correctness. You now, I, I was just saying to a mate the other day, we can't call it Lebanese bread anymore. We have to say it's bread of Middle Eastern appearance. And <laughs> and you've and and you found yourself in a little bit of hot water here and there with um with that sort of on that topic. What what, what are your thoughts on how the media? I can't say here? Lebanese bread anymore. Pardon my intrusion. No, I think you can still say Lebanese bread, but you can't say Lebanese cucumber. Um, it's it's what? got a little bit. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, no, I understand, I understand, but you know, this is where it's gone absolutely haywire. We overdose on tolerance and political correctness. We yeah. need to uh, we need linguistic emancipation. Tell them to get stuff. No one owns the language. It's in the tone that it's delivered, Carlos. Yeah, no, I, I understand I, that. I have got myself in trouble a couple of times, uh, but only in, in a very good-natured way. I remember a couple of years ago, um, the the Indian cricket team were out here, and there's nothing better than than hitting the you know, the MCG or the SCG when the Indian cricketers are here. And I was interviewing a whole bunch of guys, uh, fans, and I, I get I have a very spirited relationship with them, and and so I didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, they were they were, we were talking about how they were going to you know send us all back to the unemployed queues and they, they were having a, a fair old rant. The Indians can fire up, as you know, Shaney. Anyway, sure. so so we got to the end of the, the interview and I said, I just have one question for you guys. Um, who's going to man the 7-Elevens today? And and so it didn't... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did. I did. I did cop a couple of uh, abusive messages, but they weren't from the Indians. And so I rang the guy straight after, and I said, "Mate, you okay?" He goes, "Of course, of course, I was okay with that, Carl. You're you very respectful, and we have great fun." Blah blah. It came from you know white politically correct Australians who thought they needed to, you know, somehow enter the equation, have their opinion about things. And look, that drives you mad. You can't in the media. You can't afford. To. You've got to be respectful all the time, but also sure. you've got to be able to have a bit of fun. And, and I think it's gone so far, Sam's 100% right, the other way, that, that there's now a yearning for people in the media who aren't beige, who, who aren't politically correct and who, who who will, you know, have a go and have a say and, and, and talk the way they want to talk because that's who we are. Um, and as long as you don't offend someone, um, I, I've got no problem with it. Well, on that note, we'll take a quick break now. We'll be back after lunch on Lunch with Lee.
It's no secret I love a gin. And one of our sponsors here, Lunch With Lee, is the Gin Society, which I happen to be a member of. When you sign up, they'll send you a full-size bottle of amazing craft gin delivered to your door every two months, plus the latest issue of their beautiful gin journal magazine and a surprise gift absolutely free. Each gin is sourced by a team of experts looking for exclusive, unique and exquisite drops from around the world. A subscription to the Gin Society is your passport to the world of craft gin. No strings attached. Cancel any time. Check out the website, www.ginsociety.com. Spartan Sports is recognised as one of the world's most exciting and innovative sporting brands with a community focus. Our product range across cricket, rugby, football, volleyball, basketball and fitness has been developed to sell directly to any club, school, corporate or individual. Go to our website and order directly to your front door, www.spartansports.com. Spartan Sports, unearth the warrior in you. Carlos, you're you're a proud Queenslander. Yeah, N- NRL or AFL. So I grew up. I grew up. I'm um, watching you know the likes of Wally Lewis, Gene Miles, um, Mal Meninga on the outskirts of Brisbane um, back before you know we were playing too much Origin before everyone came south like Fatty Morton to Manly. Um, so it was rugby. We were a rugby league town out and out. This is back in the 70s when Sam won the flag. Uh, we had a we had a GTR Tirana where we used to go to the drive in the back of <laughs> yeah. Dad's GTR Tirana because so he didn't have to pay for us. He'd put us in the boot. Um, it was a different. It was a different, <laughs> really different time. And um, and I, as I got older, I played a bit of AFL. Um, and, and I was just too small and too wog like. Um, I was good with my feet, but not great with my hands. So I, you know, we we had experience with all sorts of sports in Queensland. We we loved it all, but definitely rugby league was was the sport when we were growing up. Rugby league, and we had Wally Lewis in the winter, and we had Alan Border in the summer uh, with yeah, cricket. So we were made. What are your thoughts on NRL, Sam? Uh, look, uh, we in Melbourne are very fair and equitable. You know, we're the cultural <laughs> epicenter of the world. <laughs> we don't hold grudges. We, there's no acrimony on this part of the world. I think it's uh, there's no need for me to. Uh, I'd be a fool to dignify by responding in a, in a derogatory sense because <laughs> we do have the uh, the premier. We are renowned as the uh, the sporting capital of the globe of the world. But uh, I personally uh, look. We embrace all sports. Uh, look, Melbourne Storm, the Rebels—they're all part of the uh, part of the uh, Victorian landscape, and we embrace them and we all follow them. Mm. So you know, and I think we as a nation of you know, Carlos and I talk about the seventies. We as a nation have matured enormously. We've transcended those stupid barriers that prevailed, you know, 10 and 20 years ago that were mm. embedded in our minds for stupid reasons. You know, we are, we are one, as uh, as we rightfully allude to. And uh, support all, all, you know, Wally Lewis, Danny Miles, they're mates of mine. And uh, I spent some time up north. I speak at a lot of their functions. And, of course, our Melbourne brand is very, very strong. So we support sure. it all. Even though we're AFL centric, and it's a predominant code, that doesn't preclude us from, you know, embracing all all sports. Mm. Hey Sam, you've you've been married. Is it thirty plus years now? Uh, uh look, I don't worry about yeah. the years. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not weary than they say. Uh, no, I have been married. <laughs> uh, look, what? I was going to ask Carl as a reference. <laughs> now I realise that's good on them. Sorry, Good on Carl. you guys. Nice to have your support out there. It's a cheap shot, Carl. Look, I, <laughs> I, 
you know me very well. I'm not one of those, mate. I, yeah. I, uh, I have been fortunate, although I've had a trek down the aisle before. I've still had a piece of old wedding cake stuck in the fridge as a general <laughs> uh, reminder. <laughs> that is, but I have been fairly uh, front and square in contemporary times. So I did have a nomadic trade like a lot of guys in our formative years. Uh, but I managed to, uh, there's no need for the autopilot on my car now. I drive it straight to uh, its rightful destination. <laughs> he had a nomadic existence <laughs> at one point. <laughs> what does that mean? You used to shag around. I don't know what I've just said. Uh, I should have just said, yes, I'm very happy. It's been about 40 years. <laughs> and Sam, what, what's the story that you went back on your, your wedding night? Oh, um, shut up, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I love talking, that story. Can we stick to the terms of reference for a change? <laughs> what terms? <laughs> I go down the wedding night, okay? No, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm, there's nothing I can steal, mate. I've been stripped of my dignity at birth. There's, nothing, there's only a carcass left of me. I've been fair game for everyone, mate. I was out there. I was on a gurney at birth, I reckon. <laughs> mate, Sam, on, on a serious note, um, mate, the sad news when you lost your, your brother Michael at age 17... Ah yeah, um, yeah. It's always right, a defining moment in time. Yeah, and and, and you, you, I think you're quite as saying that um, you never really recovered from that. I'm sure you never would really ever recover at all. But you spent sort of almost 25 years in party mode. Do you want to talk us through that? It must have been a really tough time. Oh, always like, tough times, you know. Uh, that was yeah. That's always indelibly and constant in your mind. I mean, to so say particularly seeing parents lose their lose their kids. Yeah. I mean, to so say yeah. it's never meant to be that way. But to see it evolve, it was it was a terrible moment in time. But of course, we move on, and uh, I'm not saying that was attributed to my uh, Hollywood lifestyle for a period of time. Yeah, you know that would be a cop out. But uh, it did have a, it did have a remarkable effect. You know, I thought you know what's important in life and what the heck. But uh, you know, uh, it, they're not present times. I mean, I so say we pick up the tissues every day of the week, and we yeah. read of the terrible nasties that have that have that have. Uh, that have prevailed, and we don't give it a second thought. But when it's at your doorstep in your very own confines, well, then you realise it takes on a whole new dimension. And uh, they're very, very hard times. They're very hard mm-hmm. times. I see, you know, for your parents and uh, brothers, as hard as I did it, but to see them suffer is even worse. Yeah. So you know, everyone goes through their challenges. Every family, you know, they've got their heart. They've had uh, their hearts being tugged, so you know I'm no different. We just move on, and we've got to be stronger for the ones we've uh, we've left behind. Mm. It really puts it in perspective what uh, I suppose this time is about right now. You know, spending time with your family and and the things that are really really important. I think exactly. I mean to so say, I had a great chat. I went for a walk around the park this morning with my dog, a new shot I run into, but a good friend of mine I hadn't seen for a while in Simon Cree. Former yes. Labor leader, and we would have been a great Prime Minister, regardless of your political persuasion. But we're just talking about it, and I always said, I would just said, you know, if we, when we come out of all this, and we take a good deep breath and we're not complacent, we've got a chance to really become bigger and stronger and focus on the things that are really, really important to us. And you're rightfully mm-hmm. alluded to it. I'm going to say the spirit and the essence of our national identity is being fair dinkum but also a quality of life and a sense of community and a sense of family. Yeah. You know, to have the, and, you know, we talk about the sophisticated weaponry and this rapacious attitude, this one of avarice and greed, that, you know, we've got to have four homes and, you know, become imperial. And then we realise at the end of the day, like this period of time, 
You don't need a great deal of money. And what's important, you need people, you need company, and above all, you need dialogue. Forget about all the sophisticated weaponry and PlayStations and, you know, uh, whatever else they give. I don't, I don't use any of it. But the importance of dialogue and conversation and mateship and all those intangibles. And also, you know, having manufacturing back home and all the resources we've got at our disposal, disposable and a quality of life that we can all have, in the, you know, because of our Anzacs. There's so much to be gained and so much traction that we can glean when we come out at the other end if we're not complacent. So, yes, there is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And I've, uh, I, for one, hopefully, turned out probably a better person for it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I want to thank you both for coming on the show. Um, when I asked you both if you would, you both jumped at it, so I really do appreciate that. You're, you're good mates. Carlos, I think you've copped an unfair blast, as I said at the start in the media, mate. Oh, you're a good I've guy. I've been patronising <laughs> for Christ's sake. Why did you cop that unfair blast? He's public property. <laughs> yeah. hey, he, did, um, he did a U-turn at the wrong time, but then how we've all, you know, we've all got foibles. We're God's children. We're flawed. <laughs> Not all of us can be nomads. No, I've got to hey, say, I've got to be yeah. gentle with Carl. He's a good mate, and I like Carl, but yeah. my wife loves Carl. <laughs> when he was off there, I'll tell you, I'm serious. I don't normally uh, divulge all these uh, inner issues, but <laughs> my wife is such a fan of Carl Stefanovic. And she had that year, yep, year. She wouldn't watch any telly. She hated the uh, nine programs <laughs> without being disparaging to the, uh, the network. To the ones at the forefront. <laughs> No, talk away. It's so with Carl. We wake up with Carl every morning. The dog oh, and Carl. There he is at 5.30 or 5 a.m. That's, uh, that's front and square in our household. No, Carl, enjoy the uh, the uh, new arrival very shortly. You deserve it. You've been uh, you've been an Australian icon and you've been very fair and you're a breath of fresh air. Your effervescent, uh, bubbly character comes through first thing in the morning. Uh, I don't know what you're like when you get home. You're probably a pain in the ass. I've got no idea. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Samuel, just before we go, I wanted to say one thing to you. And, and yeah, I am a pain in the ass when I get home. I get up at 3.30 every morning. I get home at about five past nine. I like to get home to isolation. But over this time, I've thought about the lamb ads. No one did. No one's done more for lamb and lamb prices than Sam Kekovich. And I've always wanted to do a lamb ad chain. So, yes. so at some point now in the future, I'd like to get together with with Sam and do a, a lamb ad and call it Great Southern Lamb. Uh, great Southern Lamb. Or shut up you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's got the certainly got the traction. The car don't yeah. use it as an audition because I won't be getting the ass, mate. I've been doing it for sixteen years. Great. So haven't they spoken to you, Sam? Haven't they said, oh, sorry, this might be developing news for the Sam. No, those hey, new boys. lamb ads were shit. Let's get them back to the old style. I love them. Well, <laughs> well, it's a changing landscape of the community, you know that, but uh, yeah. I think if we come out this end, after yeah. this, we may get back to being a bit bold and resilient, the old Australian, rolling up yeah, our sleeves yeah. and, uh, you know, not being fearful of the inner city progressives and the uh, left-wing bullies and yeah. the... Uh, civil libertarians and all the other nondescripts who have missed their yeah. vacation in life and trying to <laughs> impinge them exactly. on inane crusades by being relevant. Anyhow, this is not a political uh, slant. Mm. Uh, get some lamb in your hand. Get some lamb in your hand uh, <laughs> and embrace the world, as I said to you earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, boys, as soon as, as soon as we're allowed to get back together and have lunch, like we're supposed to do on this show, I'll be buying you some lamb or whatever you want to eat and some nice red wine as well. So thanks again, boys. I would have thought so too, Shane. You deserve it.
<laughs> we all deserve it, Carl. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah look, it's been a tipping, an absolute waste of time for 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Just went on and on. Check it to about the 70s. I mean, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to turn out pretty well for <laughs> putting a Serb and a Croat together. What about Carl and his new family? And the, uh, oh. Buy another glossy book. I'm telling you, another glossy cover with your mutt, with your dial on the front cover. Oh, we'll absolutely puke, I'm telling you. No, I need to oh, say. Strike a lot. <laughs> anyway, I'll give you I'll give my regards to your wife later on today when I have lunch with her. <laughs> What's it like having to pay two land taxes? Oh sorry, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well it's nice actually. <laughs> have See a great guys. day, my friend. Bye bye. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you, it. Mate. Take care. Thank you. Bye. That's it for Lunch With Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to Carl Stefanovic and Slam and Sam Kakovic. Thanks to Hilton Headley for your hard work and making things happen. And thanks to our new junior reporter, Chris Muldoon, for all his hard work behind the scenes. And thanks to our sponsors, of course, The Gin Society and Spartan Sports. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Next week we'll be chatting to some more crazy cats discussing music, sport and business on another cracker episode of Lunch With Lee. We'll see you then.